Hey, podcast world, it's Dyer Lansky. Hope everybody's week was good. This is What's the Word podcast live from Los Angeles, California. And we got a great, great, great episode for you here today. We got the one and only originator, Schoolie D, live on What's the Word podcast. Schoolie D, what's happening with you, homie? We really are, you know, blessed to have you on the show. Like I said, I was I was really looking forward to this interview and, and the information you bring. You know, it, it's just it's fascinating the the start and, and your story. So I'm gonna actually time travel. You know, go, go back real quick. You were in Atlanta, and yeah. and went and went back to Philly. Yeah. Um, what what year was that when you when you went back to Philly? I think it was eighty. Yeah, it was eighty. Okay. 80, 81, somewhere around there. And and you you have uh, your family has a musical background already, correct? Well, we were forced to have a musical background. <laughs> My father took one look at the Jackson Five and said, "God damn, I got nine babies." <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. And one Christmas, we expected bicycles. All we got instruments. Oh, that's, so, that's but, cool. but it was, but we were raised that we were raised, you know, to, to be like that. You know, so it was like. It was the 60s, so, you know, we had to have some, we had to have culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was, that was the time of culture. And it ain't like, like that no more. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. There's one thing that, uh, with my company that I have here with the podcast, my production company, my three key words on my logos and everything is knowledge, substance, and culture. So that's a big part of what, you know, what I try to represent here. Um. But it was, it was, I came to earth with this. It was, it was natural too. You know what I'm saying? Some cats, it's natural. Some cats just want to use it for fame. Some just want to get uh, money. You know what I'm saying? It was, yeah. it was, it was, this was a natural thing for me to be an artist. Very organic. Yeah. So you moved back to Philly. Yeah. And I read somewhere that, that you knew what you wanted to do, but in that, in that concrete area that you were in, some people kind of thought that maybe you were a l- little behind because you had gone down south and then come back or uh, something of that nature. But also the game was so new. I- I'm wondering how they even thought that to begin with. But when you started to, to go into it and and start recording, you were ready to go, no matter what anybody said. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was recording myself when I was nine, you know, with two, um, um, you know, Two tape recorders, two or three tape recorders. Like back in the day, you would play something, and you know what I'm saying. It's, it's, I always knew what I wanted to do. I always knew I was going to be an artist. That was, that was no question. You know, yeah. I just didn't know. What, I didn't know what which one was going to be first. Was I, I going to be a painter, a director? But you know, when hip hop came along, it was just like, okay, this is this is what I'm doing first. Because it was like the gratification. It was more instant. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. But I mean, it, it was it was so new, you know. Again, I, I'm just, you know, the plat the platform that you had, you know, was almost non-existent, especially if you're doing things yourself at that time. Well, I mean, the more I got into it, like, you know, first I got into it, like thinking about recording and doing it for real. It was, you know, it was people just told me, like professionals, were like nobody's going to put this out except for you. You have to do it yourself. And so I mean, that just, that just took one sentence. You know what I mean? Because I was ready. To, and it was everything. Everything was new, so it wasn't. It wasn't like I had a lot of options anyway. Especially in Philly, you didn't have. It was like no options. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. If it was New York, it would have been something different. I would have been subject to be 
um, a New York. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And, I, and I love that city. You see what I'm saying? But it's like Philly is the place to learn, and New York is the place to be. And, and like I said, the, the platform at that time was so new, or as far as hip-hop was so new, what made you be so driven, especially that you are a painter, what made you so driven at that time to be like, you know what, this is what I want to do at this point in time? Well, it was like when I um, fired my, fired my first band at nine. I was just, and I was just like, they wanted to play football. And I was like, don't you want to grow up and be rock stars? And it was, the, the dedication was in, they quit. So it was like, I knew right then I wasn't going to be a quitter. Um, uh, I just knew, you know what I'm saying? Did you just wake up and you know? I remember, I remember my mom asked, my mother asked me, it was like, she was disappointed I didn't um, go to college. And, you know, she was like, so what do you know about uh, the business? I was like, I don't know, but I just know I can do it. There's just something inside of me that it was, um, I was, you know, I, I was, I could talk a little bit. It was cute enough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I could get in the fucking door. You know, yeah, I could bullshit yeah. my way in the door because I, you know, it's just like, and my father was kind of like, he worked three jobs. He was like, you know what? It's like, you know, it's like, I want, I want something better, man. You guys could change the world. Just don't change the world. You know what I'm saying? So to me, I, I was ignorant. I was ignorant that I, I wasn't supposed to be able to do it, which was, if I if I if I know how hard it was going to be, I still would have did it, but it, I probably would have asked for more help. Which probably would have like saturated the sound because every corner I turned it was like, "You can't say that." Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, "Why not?" Because I grew up listening to Richard Pryor on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm saying that, that, and Funk um, uh, like everything was on the. If it was art. You can't, you can't deny it. You, you shouldn't change it. So I was ignorant to the fact was like I wasn't supposed to change art. I treated the, my music like it was a, like it was a painting. So when people asked me to change it, I was just like, I, it, I can't be the only nigga who like you know what I'm saying who, who like it who like it raw. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I just took my chances because I'm trust me, man. I tried to. Uh, I do. I respect Marley Marlowe's guys. I tried to beat Marley Marlowe's, but I couldn't because that was them. I was in Philly, and I was raised in the north and the south. So, and what that 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 had already shaped me to like believe in myself. And that's what I was gonna fucking do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you're yeah, artist, yeah. you have to believe in yourself. So every time somebody told me I couldn't do it, it just made me think like, well, what the fuck are they doing? That you tell me I can't do it, and this, and this shit was you're right. It was so fucking new. I was like, God damn, Jesus Himself came down and gave us this, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He had to. It had to be that. It had to be that. Well, I couldn't. You know ima- I couldn't imagine that anybody really knew much about the business at that point, anyways. Right? I mean, obviously the music business had been around a long time, but as far as adapting that genre into the, the music business I mean it was so fresh and new that I mean I could kind of see why they say you can't do that there was obviously a standard of what was played on the radio what was being heard what was being said so for you to spearhead that I'm sure you had a bunch of people saying you couldn't do that I did the first, I, I, Lady Davis she told me uh, you know I had a conversation with her and she was 
like, well, when you get your record done, bring it up to me. And the first record was Gangsta Boogie, which was our, which was already a, a mixtape hit. Um, that I pressured the records in Maniac, and I take it up to her, and just like, well, I can't play it. I was like, well, I, I didn't understand why. Why can't you play it? It's real. It's, this is this is life. It's cool. But see, it's, everything's great. But it's just like talking about drugs and guns. It's like I didn't understand why that was a problem. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't. I didn't get it. But this is art. But there's always somebody who was there to help me out. And the station manager was just like, you know what? Give me the record. He did the edit, and they played it in two weeks. So that already that showed me like you can do this. Mm-hmm. People are. If, it's, if the art is good, people are willing to help you out. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and um, to, to fast forward to like 89, meeting Abel Ferrara, and he's, he said, look, man, you're a film composer. And that's another thing I wanted to do. Um, I told my mother I was going to do when I grew up. I wanted to be a film composer. I wanted to write a Scooby-Doo song. But he was like, man, you know what? You're too black and too real. <laughs> and And... And it's like they can't offer you anything. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. The usual offering is drugs, girls, and a Cadillac. You know what I'm saying. I was more. Well, if you gave me my fucking money, I could go get my own drugs, girls, yeah. my, my own Cadillac. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So I wasn't. So nobody could control. Me. You know what I'm saying? So. And I was, and I wrote all my music. I played five instruments, so I had a lot of control. But he was like, "Hey, man, this motherfuckers ain't gonna play your shit on the radio." Now, what is the? And he asked, him, "So, what's important to you? You want people to hear your your music, right?" Yeah. So, if you put your music in my films, it'd be in the film, it goes DVD, it goes Showtime, it goes to network television. People buy it, VHS. That shit is gonna stay around forever. You make a song just for the radio. You know, once it's over, it might it might be over. So I took my chances on like making music, like finishing my career, like making music for um, the way I wanted and and having them in having them in movies because I had more control of it. And as far as far as the money aspect of it, it's just like you get more royalties. Mm-hmm. So um, so it so so what I'm saying to you is it's like people can tell. And then that was a magical time. You know what I mean? It was six, eight, 81 to like 91 was it was magical for, for for brown and black folks in this country because we had nothing and we was coming up. And all of a sudden we were young, we were happy, you know. And and, and, and I know it was born out of New York, but they showed us the way. And it was, it was like, yeah, this is what we should be doing. We had our own money, we had our own cars, we had our own businesses. We, uh, we hired our uncles and our cousins and our nieces. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? That we didn't need that part of America. We never really needed that part of America for some reason. Um, uh, for to be legitimate, they made us think that we need them. And it's like I was one of those cats. Was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. And I, I was surprised when you know when everybody just start selling out. I remember uh, these cats talking to me like, uh, "Don't you want to be on TV?" So you. So your grandmama can see you. I'm like, no, because my grandmama don't like you. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they kept, they was like, what the fuck is wrong with this nigga? Don't you want to be on TV? <laughs> you know, what I'm and that's how they that's how they got a lot of cats. If you want to be on TV? Because I remember the whole MTV thing. You know what I mean? Like being get, getting played on MTV, 
and that whole thing, and it was, and it was just like, you know, I mean, dude, and it wasn't like I was, um, I wanted a full career, and it wasn't like I just did it on purpose. I just did myself. Does that, does that, that, was, that was a long answer to your question. Did no, I it's all, it's all good. That's exactly exactly what we're looking for. I, I mean, it, and you as an artist. And, and saying what you said, that you wanted to do it your own way, your own thing, your own money, your own style. Did you ever think that you would have been that ahead of the curve as you were, you know, speaking on how, you know, Ice-T, you know, said he modeled the, the six in the morning from, you know, from you. you. You appreciated the art. I think I read somewhere, too, that you said artists nowadays are in lawyer mode. And at that time, you felt... That you were, in, you know, you had to be influenced by something, so you had no problem with somebody else being influenced by something. In the beginning, it was just like it was. I was making it for music for people like me, and back then, people like me, they went to the record stores and hung. They went to certain places. They found their music not so much on the radio, but also on the radio. They had like a they had like a blue hour. They called it blue radio. And they play hardcore shit like after nine or ten o'clock. So in the beginning, it was just like, yeah, I'm not playing. I'm not being played in prime time, but I'm getting that. Um, a lot of cats don't get, like they don't understand. Like you got into the business for art and change the world. They only want to try to understand. Like I want to make a lot of money and get some bitches and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's that's not it. It was um, it was it, it it was hard, but it was like it was worth it. Yeah, and and that's exactly what I was asking because you were such you were drawn as an artist and such about your art form and the way you did it, you know, you you really put yourself ahead of the game, uh, you know, by doing that. And a lot of people think that they're gonna you know put themselves ahead of the game by getting the money and getting famous. You you stuck to your guns, and and were successful with it. Um, and, and, but but it's just fascinating though because again at the time it was a business that wasn't there. I mean you you created a market for a ton of artists and MCs. Yeah, uh, uh, but that was it was I was that was a that was a natural inclination for me to do. You know if, if you understand, I wasn't I wasn't thinking about it was going to be an industry. I was I was looking at the industry as like. Like my brother, like side by side, like it's, this was given to me to to create, to be creative and forego and I forego my like my artistic style, and I wasn't really thinking about anybody else. I was just like I said, just thinking about people like me, and I didn't know people like me existed in Los Angeles or Atlanta or Chicago or New York or or, or in the UK. Um, I did I didn't really give it a second thought. I didn't give it a second thought that I was going to go worldwide because I wasn't worried about that. I was more worried about the art. If you can understand what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the track, uh, you know, I'm really into engineering. I always have. I, in fact, one of my studios that I have is all analog equipment. Um, I don't get to use it as much as I would like, you know, being that we aren't in a, in a you know, technological era with computers and whatnot. But PSK was played live, correct? Yes. That it was played live because it's um, the only examples I had of, uh, of people in the recording studio was like James Brown, Bootsy Collins, and they just they played the instruments live. You know what I'm saying? So there was no sit around, sit down, create the drum track, do the scratches, and 
it was none of that. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's the only examples we have with bands playing live. So I just thought that's how you did it. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It was more for me. It was more fun to to do it to to do it that way. It was more natural, and you could you could hear that it's more natural uh, in my in my vocal style. It was and it was just, it was just something about playing everything all at once. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, let's let's do all those James Brown records. You know what I mean? But he's just giving directions and shit like that. Nobody's ne- nobody's ever gonna uh, reproduce that stuff because they didn't do it that way. Nobody's ever gonna produce uh, reproduce PSK or Saturday Night and all those things because it was produced like a whole different kind of way. And it was it was it was natural. It wasn't like it was it wasn't like it wasn't unnatural. It was, it was like when I got up to like Smokes and Kill is where it was working with a lot of other studios. Um, it was where, like, you know, people wanted to, like, um, uh, it was the engineers were like, they said, well, you know, you don't have to have all the drums on one track. You can, if you separate, you know, all the different drums, then you might get a better sound. And it'd be easier for me to mix. So that's when I, when I was smoking kill, I stopped, um, doing it that way and I started just um um I started half 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 of the album is like tracks and then layer and then layer and then you come back the next day and layer. That's what I think I started that. But playing it live was your element. I mean like you said you grew up with instruments in a band and you know so that that was more natural for you I'm assuming. Yeah a signifying rapper on the on the record that was that was live. Um with my band, I had a twelve-piece band, and they um, they warm up with that. And one day, I, and I've been thinking about doing turning signifying monkey for years uh, to a signifying rapper. And it's just like that was like one take. I just walked in and I heard him playing. And I just grabbed the microphone, did it live, and that's why that song really for me. That's one of my best favorite songs. And that's why that's you know that song just sticks out because on the album because it was done that way. And I think Smokes and Kill, those are the two songs that was done the old style. Yeah, it's interesting. And I've always, uh, you mentioned James Brown. I always talk with a lot of people in the studios I work at and everything. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in some of those studio sessions and just, you know, just see what the engineer's doing, see what, you know, the, the just the whole vibe of it. I would have loved to, to just witness stuff like that. I mean, that's just, it's incredible. And the sound that, came out of some of those sessions is just yeah it's just insane i mean it's you know i think people take being able to do music nowadays for granted because you can have a laptop and a little interface and a mic and you know and just kind of do do your own thing and and obviously it's not the same but i think people really take the art for granted nowadays being able to have that access and they suck at it too don't they (laughs) yeah i mean there is a lot but i mean I mean, I guess that's what you get when when it comes that easy. I mean, when you have to work really hard for it. Um, we actually had uh, Fame from MOP on the show uh, earlier this week, and you know we were talking about producing and, and stuff like that. And I, I just noticed when stuff comes easy to people, they almost don't care yeah. about it as much. Yeah, that's the, that's the truth. Oh, um, going back to that Gucci time, um, I played drums. That was an original. original was a live drum beat and it was just like yo man people don't play live drum beats anymore and and they didn't they were like and and 
and this new audience don't see black people playing instruments. So I was like, what? <laughs> so uh, the Gucci time, I changed it and put it, I put it into the 909, and it's like, yeah, that, and it does sound different, but it was the same, and it was, it, but it was, it, it was, it was more, had more air to it. It wasn't as tight. Mm-hmm. And um, now I pull it up and I, you know, say it. It, it, it still sounds totally fresh, but you're right. And what I did, um, my new album was, I was working on it for 10 years. There was time for me to mix it like a year ago. It just sounded like everybody else's shit. I did it on the computers and, you know, and it was, it just, just sounded stale. Um, so what I did was just, I just said, fuck it. I got a cheap computer, you know, just all the music. And I just pulled out my drum machines and I pulled out my live samples and I pulled out my ASR 10 and all the magic again. And that, and I think that that's, you have to, if you want to sound different, like, I, like so many rappers or, or producers, they sound exact. They don't have a signature sound anymore. You understand what I'm saying? But it's, I think it's up to the real artists to make it hard. Yeah, I, you know, sometimes in, in nowadays music, you don't even know what their real voice sounds like. Yeah, but, but everybody's good and everybody can like, everybody's good right now because it's, it, it's, it's like good is the standard because you can just go buy a computer, you can buy Apple and you can download some loops and you can download the, the same thing and then you can quantize shit and everybody using the same programs and just it just sounds so fucking stale mm-hmm. um but i do like lizzo okay dope i do like lizzo i like her story you know what i'm saying because the album came out two years ago and she and she she just worked it um, i like i like hearing stories like that it just remind me of me being me when i was like in my early 20s you just work it you didn't you, just, you knew it was good art you just worked it yeah yeah and she she definitely hustled that. Um, I mean that, but that's been part of the game, like you said. <clears throat> it reminded you of, of what you had to do back in the day, and I think with again the music coming so easy, people forget that part. Like you still gotta, you know, you still gotta hustle this music. People still gotta hear it. You can't just expect to post a link on social media and then all of a sudden you're gonna blow up. Yeah, and it's, it's it's um yeah, but you know I'm 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 extremely biased because um. The second I start telling my story, you get down to like, you know, the third chapter three and people are like, well, um, what about the crack and then the gangs and the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the cash and what do you want? That seems to be the, the major theme in what people want to do today. I mean, that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. But real, like being a true artist is hard, but it's easy. It's easy for me to be. be this. I'm here. I'm here. Thirty-eight years later, and I'm not stopping. It's, it becomes easier because I know myself. I and mean, some of these cats, they don't know themselves. It, it's you're chasing cash. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like the two years I chased cash, made millions. Oh, and that shit it was. Bull, it was just like bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I knew that wasn't for me. But for some cats, if that's what they want to do, God bless them. But that's not something. Um, I think we need more balance. But I think some younger cats are afraid to be themselves because they want to be accepted by their peers because with social media, you can have something so original 
It's so fucking great and awesome. And you put it out, and you put it up, and, and all of a sudden, you're just like, it, people will make you feel bad about it, you know, because it doesn't sound like what's going on today. You're not, you, you, you're not, you're not talking about what, like the, how, how people want to hear. You're not making a booty song. You're not making a stripper song. You understand what I'm saying? So it's just like, I think it's a little, there's a lot more pressure today because of social media. But I think social media also makes it a whole lot, it makes it too easy. Am I making any goddamn sense? Absolutely. You're making all the sense in the world. This is exactly, I mean, this is exactly what people need to hear, though, because, um, again, like I, I said previously, you know, get a computer and a mic and, and an apple and you're making music and then boom, it's on the Internet and then boom, you know, you're right there and, and you know, in front of everybody. And, you know, it's a very immediate gratification type of thing. I mean, yeah, I want, um, I'll, I'll like, a little bit of quick gratification, okay? but just, but it's more like, you know what I'm saying, you, you write a new song, like a beat, and you bring cold money over it. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, like that's the joint. That's my immediate gratification, but it, but it's just like everything else, I know it's a, especially now, it's a process because you have so much, so much music being produced so fast in the internet. You, you really can't, it's like you really can't absorb it all because it just comes and goes way too fast but um um i feel like i did something pretty cool did you did you listen to the music i listened to the new music absolutely i did and that's what i actually was going to get to i was going to fast forward to the present time um you brought up the new music uh and also too i mean you've worked a lot with adult swim uh and and you're still really involved with painting as well correct yeah, yeah, I, you know, it's like I started painting again. I mean, it was, um, I promised my mother, you know, she said, well, before I die, I need to see you painting again. So I started painting again, man, because people were asking me about my, because I did all my artwork for my album covers, people kept asking me about that. So it was like, I think it was time to incorporate more of the painting because it's like a, a school D thing is, it's all about art. And, it's, and it's, I created the art with the music and the, music and the personality in the cartoon world because Gucci said Scooby Dooby man if you're living in the cartoon world you can do anything you want you can say anything you want it's like Scooby D is a character that can say poignant shit stupid shit racist shit but he's a character but he's like he's still he's taking what is real and giving it back like if you look at the family guy you ever watch that show the family guy I, you know what I absolutely love the family guy I'm gonna have to say Think about, think about, it's a cartoon world. Think about if they said that shit if it was a live show. That shit would have never got on the air. No. No. So keeping school to be into, in a cartoon world, I could I could be whatever I wanted to be. It's, it's interesting you bring up Family Guy because years ago, I, I didn't really watch a lot of TV. Um, I, you know, I was getting off the ground, starting my studios and whatnot, and Somebody said, "Oh, you should watch Family Guy." I was like, "You know, I don't, I don't really watch cartoons anymore." And this and that. I had no idea that it was somewhat of an adult program like that. And and I, you know, I don't know what episode it was, but one day I caught it and I said, "Oh my!" Like I had no idea. And this was years ago, of course, but I had no idea Family Guy was that type of cartoon. And you know, it's hilarious. But 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 you're absolutely right. I mean, it, I I don't know. You know, even growing up in the '80s, like I did, I I couldn't imagine that cartoon. You know, I remember the Simpsons got ridiculed for some of the stuff they did. You know, uh, but 
um, as far as you transitioning into cartoons and everything and being a painter, seems like a pretty natural progression right there. Oh, yeah. You know, ever, you know, ever since I was a kid, you know, I wanted to grow up and write a Scooby-Doo song. You know what I mean? And it was, it was um, when I got presented the opportunity, um, I, you know, I went for it. But, I mean, it was, it was everything was, was being lined up. It was like, Abel loved my music. He put it in King of New York, Bad Lieutenant. The, uh, he was a fan. The guys at Cart- uh, Cartoon Network, they were fans. And they heard about me scoring for Abel, so they contacted me to score for that. So, so it was, um, so when I talk about those things, it's like my career, my life is so different. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's like I don't have managers and five lawyers and agents and um, and this and that. It's very personal. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, so I can't, it's like trying to explain my career to people, it seems really weird. Because you can't explain it, because nobody yeah. will believe it. No, I get it. I get it. And and is that something you always, like you said, you know, no managers, no no distance, is that something you always wanted it to be like? Or, or just, again, naturally, that's just the way it, everything progressed? Well, I mean, it, I had a couple guys who tried, but it was like their, their thinking was limited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've had people tell me like, "Yo, you got five years." I'm like, "Nigga, this is my whole fucking life." What kind? Of, <laughs> until I fucking die. The fuck are you talking about? You say, "Well, you know what I mean." I get those people or people who aren't um, invested into the art of it. They just want to like, they want it now. That man, if you just do this shit, just do this one thing right now. Um, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it happened for you. I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And I understand managers and agents. I understand. I understand they got kids. Want to go to college, you know, and have bills, and and they got money to you know to get to give out. But it was just like I was trying to convince people: well, if you deal with all three sides, the four sides, and the all at once, then then you can make money. I'm a DJ, I act, I'm a film composer. I, you know, say I write my own music. If you, if you dealt with all of that, I never met anybody. I think Chris Schwartz was the closest. I haven't worked with anybody that wanted to deal with that. To think it was like, well, I just do music, or I just book concerts, or I just do film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very just like tight knit and closed off. Nobody, nobody talked to like all the all the companies. Nobody talked to, to anybody on on all the other levels. And it was like, well, fuck this shit. And it was kind of just like nobody really rep- represented the school. I guess. The brand really well, you know what I mean. Nobody wants to talk to it, and they wanted to think. So you you released uh, in 2019. Oh, I mean, I know it's we're only a couple of days into 2020, but you released the real hardcore. Right. Um, but you also have a track that I heard that I really enjoyed, dedicated. Ah, um, uh, yeah. It, it, I'm I really like that track, by the way, and and both the tracks are really good. I I, I mean. Again, I love the um, the substance of the instrumentals. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's classic. It, it it sounds like a classic song the minute you press play. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was those, those and yeah, people. That was, that's that's a fan favorite when I played dedicated. It's just like um, the bass line just like came first, and I was just thinking about because um, this this record is pretty much. A record that should have came out in 89 or 90 because I don't think me and Ku, I don't think we did the pinnacle record like everybody else did like enemy had that record 
Cool J had that record. Tupac Crew had that record. And W.A. had that record. I don't think we had a chance to do that record that was just like that would stand at the top and you know got with um with Juan um Big Hurt out in um Chicago and he was like yo man you need to do a record like like for your fans and just for your fans he was the first person that came to me and said that so dedicated came it was the baseline and I was thinking about um a second part to smoke to smoke some kill and I was thinking about uh, my mother and it was just like and I was thinking about like it has to be there's a lot of my records like Saturday Night Smoke to Pierce or about a day in the life of school did and I wanted to just like think just like think about it and take take what I used used to be like and think about what's going on today if that makes sense. definitely does but I mean you portrayed it well like I said it sounded like from the moment I pressed play it, it was a classic track um, and and it's full too. I, that's one thing. I it, like how you said a lot, a lot of these people suck at it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but I but I you know I love instruments. You know I, I I grew up listening to instruments. I grew up even if people sampled instruments, you still heard the fullness, the 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 dynamics. It wasn't just highs and lows. You know, bass drum, snare, hi hat with a voice to it. Um, it 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 definitely did. Now I, I got to ask though, was was the bass guitar the first instrument that you started playing? Um, I wanted to play the bass. My brother was a lot bigger than me. Look <laughs> at your little skinny, short ass who did the guitar. <laughs> so what I did was I said, "Fuck you!" I just played the the lead guitar like like a bass. Okay. Um, but that was that was my first instrument. My brother was a fucking badass drummer, and he showed me the drums. And before before you know, I was playing bass guitar. And drove, but the the thing about it is just like um like my daughter is trained; she can read my music. But the, the the cool thing about it about that is just like I hear, I was taught to just like hear the music and translate it. That's the that's the hardest thing to do to translate the music from your head to your to your fingers and your toes. Uh, but the bad thing is, it's like I can't play anybody else's fucking songs. I would love to play a James Brown song, but. I just don't fucking hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could play the I could play the drum beats, but um, the so the bass was first, and then the drums, then later um, piano and keys and uh, flute or, or whatever I had to play, whatever I had to learn to play. And, and being in film, yeah, you got to play all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I studied violin for about a couple of years. It was, but but I spent the first twenty years of my life in training to be. An adult, so that's yeah. You understand what I'm saying? It was, but I was just like, man, I'm either gonna be an artist, or I'm just gonna fucking die because it ain't, it's nothing else worth it. Um, yeah, you think what I'm saying? And you have to have that kind of dedication. You have to have something other than yourself that you would die for. Absolutely, I mean that's <laughs> that's huge right there. And it can't be money. It can't be money. Can't die for fucking money. That's bullshit. You know what I mean? But it has to be something. It has to be something of substance that you would die for. Something that you would give up everything for. Um. And so that's 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 the new that that that's what keeps me going. So 2020, what's what's going to be new for you this year? And and happy New Year, by the way. Uh, me and Chris Schwartz got back together. We're going to do a Rough Nation slash Smoothie record. Um. Uh, so we're doing a distribution deal 
that's going to be fucking awesome. I have a new cartoon in the mix called The Cook of Rebenowitz Show, and I play a stripper called Chocolate Spider. <laughs> um, and, and so, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to write a book this year. I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 that, the book is a tough one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because most people just want to hear about this thing on Parkside, about gangs, and about drugs. I just, you know what? I don't, that wasn't, that, that's something that just happened to us. You know what I'm saying? That's, just, that's not, that shit, crack is not something that we planned. That was just some shit that happened to us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just like, I think that's well, too well promoted um, about that. And I think that um, uh, black and brown folks, our lives are more complicated than that. I remember being, um, talking to those cats at Jive. Uh, I never wanted to sign with Jive Records anyway. Um, but, you know, and I, they gave me the check. I took it back up and they gave me more. But it was just like, they were telling me, they were trying to tell me, these white guys in the room was trying to tell me that you can't be, what I was trying to put out, am I black enough for you? They said, you can't, you can't be smart and black. I was like, what the fuck did you just say to me? You can't be, you can't be, people don't understand smart black men. They didn't want to put the uh, "Am I Black Enough for You?" and they and they called all the producers in New York, and they all looked at them and was like, "Man, this one, this the shit." But they, you know, saying so it was this this life is complicated. So it's complicated for um, complex people like myself. You know, that's crazy. That I mean, it just seems more like an agenda that they had than actual concern. You know, I just yeah, the, the agenda is to like get rid of get rid of our history it's just like I don't play that bullshit when I hear people say well he don't know because he's 20 fuck that shit when I was 20 I didn't get a pass mm-hmm. you know what I mean I suppose and it's like if you don't if you, if you don't know our hip hop history if you don't know our black history our brown history our American history that's it, we won't have it appreciated um, and then and then like these new cats should know where they started from so then they can know where they can take it because I'm surprised we haven't come up with a new music. It's like hip hop and gangster rap. That's still, that shit, that shit's still here. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't mind it being here, but it's like the way it's here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like just niggas killing niggas. That's it. That's what. It's, that's not hardcore gangster rap. Just niggas killing killing niggas. It's like dude, y'all got to fucking like y'all got to do something better than this, man. Y'all got to make a whole new music. Y'all got to make a whole new. A whole new sound for your generation because it's it's, it's getting harder it's getting worse and uh, i know we've been getting shot and hung and killed for a long time but and he promised us that money would solve everything money didn't solve shit am i right on culture no, no it didn't, it didn't. Um, we got to stop talking about someone's fucking money because we have the money we do have the fucking money uh, we go to the movies, we buy bullshit, we buy fucking, you know what I'm saying? Just go online, you can see what new rapper fucking bought a new, I don't know, Bellini or whatever this motherfucking car is. But it's like, we have the money, but we gotta fucking get back to the culture and and, and keep the culture alive. And I don't want to be like one of these, I'm not like one of these old dudes just like angry about um, the money that the young cats are making. But it's just like, I think I know we are deeper than that. I know we're deeper than that. No, I, I agree with you completely. Because, you know, one of the big things, I, the problems I have with 
the younger kids is the is the knowledge part. It's like I just want them to care. You know, yeah. I, you know, I, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's not me to tell them what type of music they should be doing. You know, if that's their 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 freedom of expression, you know, more power to them. But it, I always use this as an example. When you when you talk to people that do like rock or heavy metal, they know what guitar Jimmy Page used and what Ampy used and you know yeah. what, what what chord or this and that and and you know you right? talk and you talk to some of these kids about hip hop and you'd be like you know they're just very disrespectful and it's like come on man you gotta you know do some of the knowledge to to know why you're able to to express yourself the way you do yeah because they, they've been teaching us for years that our history don't matter <laughs> you know what I'm saying and, yeah. and we've been going for it we've been going for it and they've been promising us for years that we're gonna get some of this money but they only give it to like a couple you know what I'm saying we got 10 niggas is rich mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean Back in the 80s and the 90s, like everybody was rich because, and not just money, but we were just rich people. And it was it was moving in a certain direction, but it's like, I just don't think some of the new hardcore rappers really got the balls enough to say, don't call me nigger whitey. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Because they thinking about their, um, their vodka deal or their watch deal. Or the basketball deal, yeah. You know what I'm saying? The thing about all the endorsements that keep that keeps them at slaves. I, I just still shocked. I'm just still. I mean, I'm shocked, but not shocked. What you said about how they said, well, you know, we, you know, no one wants to hear, you know, a smart, smart black man. They want. I mean, that's just. It, it's just. It, I mean, the reality's there. It, I guess it's not that shocking back then, but even to now. But it. But it's just shocking. It's like, well, like you just said, I'm surprised we haven't made a new genre after all this i mean it it, it 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 makes a whole lot of sense yeah what's the new genre i mean like you know we're not, we're not going to end this on uh, uh down though no uh, no no, no. i just it, it needs to be heard though because you know again if you bring awareness you know maybe maybe we bring some change with that well i mean people ch I mean, change is inevitable but people change when they when they when, they, when change is needed when they think changes you gotta be thinking about a whole bunch of other shit about about change. You just can't be, you just can't think about your pockets or your dick. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> you gotta be thinking about a whole bunch of other shit with with, with change, and that's kind of like that's. But I mean, I'm I'm not just. I think across the board, it's, it's a little too easy. So I think across the board, like all art is just a little bit too easy. But also, I do. Um, it's very rare, but I do hear like a lot of cats who have it. Yeah, and and you brought up the book. That's going to be somewhat of a transition for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, because it's like what uh, it's basically. It's like, so what do what do people believe? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and all the publishers are like, man, nobody gonna believe that shit. <laughs> nobody believe you, alien or some shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> You help create a whole gangster rap, a whole new sub genre of music. Motherfuckers want to hear about selling crack and shit. You know what I mean? It's just like that. But that shit is boring to me. That shit, that shit is boring. Like, like people just, you know, people just killing each other for, for, for drugs. That, that, to me, that shit is boring. And, and but believe it or not, people, some people that don't live that and see it every day, like you did in, in a lot of the, you know, what, what goes on in the, in the ghettos and the hoods. Some people fantasize about being there. 
and it's fucking fucking ridiculous. But I tell these young motherfuckers that man, we did what we did to get out of our situation, not to get into the situation, to get out. Yeah, people drugs are just. I'm not gonna say most, but half the cats are just like in a situation like shit. You know what I mean? My dad lost his job and she moved out. I gotta sling a little bit. They got on their feet, but all but they also was doing shit like opening up grocery stores in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Daycare. Yeah. You know, shit like that. And once and once once that ran through, they just like they left the drugs to the guns alone. But it, it's like today and back then it was like um drug dealers knew they gonna get fucking caught. That they would invest in into the talent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They would invest in the these two IPs and shit like that because they wanted to come out of the jail with, with something legitimate. But then it turned where it's like the drug dealers and gangbangers, they became the rappers. That's that that's the major difference. You know, ironically I have a song for a new album I'm putting out uh, later this month. And it's about how people from the ghetto or hood or whatever you want to call it they almost rebel by doing the opposite and doing good and then you have people that are from rich neighborhoods and very privileged that rebel by trying to get into the ghetto and it's just kind of a weird type type of situation because you, you see it a lot uh you know i, I see it every day and, and like i said people some people fantasize about living the ghetto life and they're you know they were born nowhere near it and, and it's amazing to me I guess well, I, I, mean, I guess amazing is not a good word, but it's just it's it's shocking. It's but but being but being in the ghetto gives you a certain freedom. Where it's like you you're like fuck it, I just gotta be myself. Mm-hmm. There's always been ghettos. There's always been poor people. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you if you believe, let's just say the, the story of um, everybody knows the story of Jesus. That nigga was broke. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And it was just so all so shit. It has it has to be poor people who come up with the art because trust me, the art that comes from rich motherfuckers suck. You know it, and I know it. Yeah, no, you I. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like that wide receiver when the Eagles and shit like that. He get paid. He ain't playing. You know, that's that's. Am I right or wrong? No, you're right. You're 100 right. Basketball player gets paid. That nigga ain't doing shit except for LeBron. So it's like. Having ghettos and having poor, being poor is just the situation, and it's just like it gives you that drive. So, um, so I can see how some rich people they want to be poor, they want to be in the ghetto because they want to get, they don't even know why they want to get, they want to get away from that bullshit mm-hmm. that they're in, they want to feel free, they want to wear their pants down to their fucking ass or some shit like that. You know, yeah, they express themselves, but. I think the poor people forgot that there's dignity in being poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they and they so they start acting like the poor images that you see on television. It's probably even worse than was in the '60s and the '70s. Uh, the images, like other movies, that's being made. I was I was watching uh, this uh, YouTube channel and this actor. Uh, he was on Family, well, the Black Family Ties with Urkel. And he was saying back in the day, the thing was, it was like when you're when you was a black old Hollywood, when you was a black actor, you ditched it, you helped people. But now, today, black Hollywood, there's no black Hollywood. It's like you don't help your friends out. You just like use that. I'm just trying to get paid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That that's in everything. We gotta stop telling motherfuckers that they should do 
anything from what we gotta stop saying as long as I'm getting paid. You can't, we gotta stop saying that bullshit because it's like it's not as long as I'm getting paid because money experience is real. Money is not. Money is just like trust me, I like the money, but it's the art first. The money just gives you shit that you like on earth. Yeah, yeah, you understand what I'm saying? So but it's like everybody can't everybody can't be like that. Everybody, everybody's not an artist. If you have like a hundred motherfuckers who call themselves an artist, you probably have five real artists. But you think about the cats that actually change the world. And then everybody afterwards just follow that to make the money. Now, you you, you basically touched on this on this next question, but I, I still gotta ask, what would be advice to these artists? just starting to come up this younger generation that wants to start rapping or painting or anything like that what would be some of the best advice you get and besides that you i mean you really just touched on it right there but what what would what would you tell them why do you want to do it be honest with yourself you want to get some crack and bitches just be honest with yourself and don't call yourself an artist call yourself an entertainer um learn the instrument uh, because if you come up with a style, because everybody's album and, and, and singing and rapping or whatever is not going to be up, but it's just like you become a studio musician and you get royalties. Mm-hmm. Learn all the shit in the studio. Learn everything. Learn how to record yourself. So many cats I meet today don't even know how to fucking plug in a goddamn microphone. I know. Um, um, and get out and talk to people for real have, have a story live life have a fucking story man because it's like and, and a story other than I shot a nigga that's not a story that's just like a response to some shit that some motherfucker did to you mm-hmm. that's the purpose in the story but you have to be honest with yourself you know because all of it counts you know what I'm saying a guy told me like years ago you know what you're your competition is not of the rappers. Your competition is Michael Jackson and Luther Vandross. <laughs> you know yeah, you know? yeah. And think about like when Lady Gaga, like back, this is back when Lady Gaga sold two million records and people go to the record store, they go in and they, and they pick up your shit. It's like everything is competition, but everything is relative. But you have to be fucking honest with yourself. And with women, you have to learn how to engineer because women and black men, we get treated like, we get treated like animals. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like black dude, just go sit in the corner and be an artist. Women, you know what I'm saying? It's like so many women, you have to learn, uh, you have to learn your craft. You have to learn how to engineer. You have to learn the computer. You have, even in GarageBand, you have to know what you want when you walk into the studio and command the fucking power. But if you just want cracking bitches, just be honest with yourself. Yeah, just go do it. You know what I'm saying? Just be, uh, you, you know what I mean? Just be honest with that. But if you're an artist, you have to you have to learn everything about your craft. You have to fucking carry records and you know what I'm saying and, and read the read the read just read the fucking album cover, which they don't fucking have anymore. But just but just like you said earlier, it's like everybody in the rock world knows exactly what everybody played on the record. Yeah. And they love to research it too. Still, yeah, they love to research it. And and, and it's ironic you say you learn to engineer because I when I grew up rapping, 
I have a very nasally voice and I used to go to the studio and this was before computers and I hated the way I sound. And I told myself, look, if I can learn how to track, mix and make myself make myself sound good on a record, I'll, I'll be able to make anybody sound good on a record. So I, I kind of dropped everything and learned the process of tracking and mixing and you know the whole thing. So I mean, that's, that's such a valid point that I think is overlooked a, a lot, a lot. And one more, one more piece of right. It's just like if you if you working with Pro Tools or anything like that, drop that bullshit because if you you know just drop it because it's just gonna sound like everybody else. Start producing your music organically. Produce it outside the box first before you put it in the box. Because I think at the time, it's, time is ready for change. And be brave. Just be fucking. Let's say fuck it and be brave. Yeah, that's dope. Because, I mean, think it. I mean, think about, like, BDP, uh, Public Enemy. It, well, in this era of, pressure, of this president and this government, rap is supposed to be on this shit. Yeah. Rap is supposed to be on this shit. Rap is not supposed to be like, yeah, I get fucked up, and I shot this dumb nigga. And I, rappers, rappers are supposed to be on this shit. You know what I mean? We're supposed to be on this shit. And they, they, and they scared. And it's like, motherfuckers talking about killing other boys and shit. That's not brave. You want to be fucking brave? You know what I'm saying? Get on this shit. And, and when people say, when I hear like black people say I'm not political, nigga, everything black is political. Everything Mexican is political. Everything Spanish and Latino. Everything is political for us because they made it political for us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like wow. when I was born, we couldn't even fuck. Black people couldn't even vote. <laughs> think about that shit. Yeah. And they want to get back to that. So it's like, be brave and, and be honest with yourself. Just take a fucking chance. It's like, I took a chance and it was like, you know what? Fuck it. And I think in like the 300, 400 songs I produced, I think I only did like maybe three um, radio tracks and they sounded horrible because it just it just wasn't me um and it's just like if i didn't make a million dollars that year i didn't it's like i didn't care if i made you know saying half a million that was okay because i can look at myself in the morning it's like always like think about that and i have like a 38 year career and i'm, I'm gonna do this shit till i die thank you that's the advice i would give think about all that shit Sometimes you gotta say fuck. And like you said, be brave. That's I mean that that's a huge yeah. point. You gotta, you gotta be you gotta be brave. You gotta be brave. Well, man, we really uh I mean we just honored and blessed to have you on our airwaves. Is there anything that that I left out that you want to um, tell to the people or anything? You know what, man? You, um, I guess you can make sense of what the fuck just happened. <laughs> but but uh, like. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, I think that was it. Okay, cool. Well, uh, you know, again, just an honor and an absolute privilege to have you on our, you know, to give this information to people. There's a lot of stuff in this interview that definitely needs to be heard. So, uh, you know, you always have a home. Any, any, Anything that you have coming up, um, anything, just reach out to us. We're, we're definitely behind you 100%. All right, cool. I got. I'm doing a pop up art gallery in New York later this month. Excellent. Um, so um, I, I guess I have behind getting touch with you. 
about that and then call me and we can discuss it. But it's probably like the last week of January, but I'll get to information. Excellent. Sounds good. Really appreciate you. Salute to you and everything that you have done for hip hop and the culture and art, you know, just art in general. We look forward to your 2020. Look forward to hearing more about the book too, because I think that's, you know, that's really huge part of your journey. And again, we salute you and everything that you've done, my friend. I drink some sushi. What's the Word Podcast with the one and only Schoolie D. We will see you guys next week. Enjoy. Peace. All right, my brother. brother, brother, brother.